Pastor Becca has blessed us. I love that Becca Carr is her own person. I'll be honest with you. I've tried to make her fit in my mold. But Becca Carr can't be fit into a mold, I found out. And once I relaxed into letting Pastor Becca Carr be Pastor Becca Carr, she was so good at what she did. She brought ability and talent to my team that I may never have again, of perspective that is so fresh and vibrant. And Pastor Becca, we're going to miss you terribly, but... We're not ever going to be that far from you, I have a feeling. We're, you're just part of our family. That's how I lead, and you know that. So we're connected at the heart. We're connected for life. And we will always be part of your family. And um, we'll, you'll always have a place here. You can always come and get your praise on here or whatever you need to do. But we love you, and I'm so thankful for you. I want you to come, and I want you to bring us the word today. If you love Pastor Becca Carr, would you let her know as she comes? Come on, church. Okay, did I do it right? Am I on? Oh, I did it right. I get to use a microphone and everything. So excited. How's everybody doing? You good? You good? It's a little weird to hear so many nice things about me, and I know tonight is going to be even weirder. It, it's one of those things. I'm usually always the last one in line at a, at a church thing, like for the food or whatever. And I know Pastor Steve's going to say you go first, and y'all are going to bring so much stuff, so I'm going to um, bring out the big pants with the stretch and um, <laughs> my yoga pants. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping these pants that Macy's gave me will uh, help me out tonight. So... Uh, come tonight ready to eat because I know how you guys are. So there's going to be at least, you know, 28 desserts or something, I'm sure. So come prepared to eat for sure. So since it's um, kids, family service and all of that, we uh, talked about it in kids' church. And they figured you guys in big church, this is what this is called in case you didn't know. It's not the sanctuary. It's big church. So in big church, you guys need a little uh, fun and a little bit of crazy. So the kids said, we have to play a game. We need prizes. And you need to see a video. So I tried to incorporate all that and a big grown-up word. And so we're going to actually be learning about apostasy today. And I hope if you're a theologian, you'll forgive me if I get any of it wrong. It's how I best understand it. And puppets were my teachers. So... So don't, don't beat me up too much. But we're going to be talking about the wheel of apostasy. So we have a little bit of a wheel of apostasy going on here today. We're going to play a game. I hope you guys don't mind. You are the blue team. All right. And that means you are the red team. Even if you're in the balcony, you could still be on the team. Your, your shouts are just as important. They actually come to me faster. So shout loud. Okay, up there? See, told you. Yes, that was one of your new members, Pastor Steve, just in case you were wondering. So we're going to 
we're going to do a little bit of a game. We've got some prizes and all kinds of good stuff. But first, uh, we do something in Kid Church called BGMC. It's Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And every third Sunday of the month, we collect our offering that goes to help missionaries buy supplies throughout the world. We've been learning about the country of Sri... Sri Lanka, that's right. And so today we're going to collect our offering really fast. I, I told them to bring it. So if you have your boxes, kids, come fill the bucket. I know at least one of you had it. So bring your box up here. Put your offering in. Empty it out. If Jalen's not here, this is his box. We're trying really hard to get to $322 by June 30th. If we do... These kids get a water day or a pool party, one or the other. So they're going to have kids' church while they're all wet. If you want to volunteer, you'll want to talk to Tassie Hare because she's going to be the one helping everybody out. Look at all this money. Caleb, you got some money in there too? All right. Good job, buddy. All right. Pretty good. I like it. Give these kids a hand for giving generously. All right, let's get this party started. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, for any good game show, we need some contestants. So here's some contestants for the book of Judges. So we've got the Israelites. You know them, right? Who are they? Shout out an answer. Who are they? God's chosen people. Very good answer. Very good answer. You didn't even look it up. Good. God's chosen people. So they're a contestant. So God's a contestant, too. We're going to put God on the team. How many of you would like God to be your minute to win it partner? I think you would win. That, oh, last night uh, we saw a guy trying to take a chopstick to stack seven uh, bolts on top of each other. I think God could do it really fast. He'd probably just speak in there. It would be, right? It'd be great. Unwrap the toilet paper with your hands. He'd be like, unwrap, and bam, it's done. That'd be awesome. He'd win all the money. So we have the contestants of the Israelites, God, and the Canaanites. Who are the Canaanites? Are the Canaanites... The, um, who are they? Uh, they're from the land of? Good. All right. What's Canaan? What's Canaan? Come on. You just were shouting a minute ago. Come on. They are in the, okay. Good. The land of the Israelites, the promised land. You guys got to use your big kid voice. You can't go, because it's not going to work. All right, so we have the, uh, the Israelites, God, the Canaanites, and we have the God-appointed Israelites, the judges. How many of you would like to be God-appointed? That would be pretty cool, right? God says, you, and then everybody just understands it's you. Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. Imagine if you didn't have to do electoral, electoral colleges anymore. Wouldn't that be just amazing if, if, if they said... God appointed me, and everybody knew in their heart it was the right person. And you just, no elections, no commercials. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be so amazing. I'm going to pray that God just fixes that. That would be great. So we have the contestants, and then we need to know a little bit of detail. So we're going to do the who, the when, and the where. Now you need to listen because this is part of your quiz. Okay? So the best way to do it is to show you a video full of puppets. So you're going to learn from uh, a brother, a pastor, a doctor, a news reporter, a Sunday school teacher, yeah. and a pirate. Okay? 
You guys ready? Okay, keep your eyes open and watch the screen. Good day, world. This is Buck Denver, your fearless tour guide, ready to depart for another harrowing journey into the misty jungles of biblical... Hello? Hmm? What? What? Who said that? Oh, uh, you're still up there? Yeah, I don't know how to land. Besides, I figured you'd want more of my delightful little songs. Well, I guess they weren't so bad. Sure, we could use a few more. Great, but can you tell me, how much longer is this show gonna be? Because I don't have bathrooms on these balloons and, well, I've been up here a long time. Hmm, let me ask. Um, Marcy? What's up, Buck? The pirate has to go to the bathroom. He should've thought of that before we started the show. He's gonna have to wait. She said you're gonna have to... Yeah, I heard her. All right, I'll do my best. Let's get rolling. All right. Where were we in the Bible? Who can tell us? We just finished Joshua, the first of the historical books of the Old Testament. That's right. God made people to be close to him. But our bad choices, our sin, has broken God's creation and brought death into the world. But God wants to rescue us from sin and death. With his rescue plan, he picks a group of people to be his holy nation. Holy? That means set apart for God. That's right. And through that holy nation called Israel, he's going to bless the entire world. Yeah, he's going to redeem his creation. Redeem? That means to buy it back, to free it. Yeah, and everything will be the way it was supposed to be. And it all starts with the 12 tribes of Israel, a bunch of laws to follow, and a little piece of land called Canaan, the promised land. What was so special about that piece of land? I mean, why did God put them there? Good question, Ian. Uh, Sunday school lady, could you take that one? No problem, Phil. Back then, the known world was in three sections. Africa, Asia, and Europe. Right in the middle of these sections was Canaan. Why is that important? Because travelers from all parts of the world traveled through Canaan. And from Canaan, it was easy to go anywhere. So if God really wanted to spread a blessing throughout the whole world, the best place to start was Canaan. And that's exactly what he did. Oh, Canaan, 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 it's the middle of the world and a great, great place to spread a blessing. And that seemed a little short. He has to go to the bathroom. Oh, I see. So that brings us to the seventh book of the Bible and the second historical book. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Why would they call a book Judges? Because it tells the stories of 12 leaders God used to help Israel. And those leaders were called Judges. Did they wear black robes and sit in a courtroom? No, they weren't judges like our judges today. They were really just leaders. What were their names, Sunday school lady? Ooh, the best way to answer that question is with a song like this one. And now, the fabulous Bentley Brothers. You can't turn on a TV today. 
without seeing a courtroom show. With a celebrity judge just a judge in the way, deciding who takes on the dough. But long before television, yeah, people used to live without it. God sent celebrity judges to Israel, and there's a book about it. It's called Judges, that's the name. The subject and the title are one and the same. Like a book about weather called Weather, or a book about Heather called Heather. Who's Heather? She's my cousin. Oh. And that's her name. Yeah, but who are the judges? Well, you got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and Shamgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jair and Jephthah, who could forget about old Ibzan, or Elon and Abdon, and the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong until he got a haircut. That Samson was a hairy brute. Yes, like Hercules or the Incredible Hulk. Except Samson was real. Are you saying the Incredible Hulk isn't real? He's bright green. It's from the gamma radiation. Are you still reading those comic books? Um, not as often as I used to. Winifred? Uh, yes? You need to find a hobby that's rooted in the real world, like watching reality shows on the telly. Reality shows? Yes! Everything I know about business, I learned from Donald Trump on The Apprentice. Oh, I like him. His hair's a little funny, though. He can't help it. It's a gamma radiation. Right. It's the gamma radiation. That's a hint for somebody, for one of the teams. Hint, hint. All right, so here's how the game is going to work. Each side of the room is going to have one volunteer who's going to spin the wheel for you. And they will come up for each round. Each team's going to answer between two and three questions. Your points will accumulate. The winners will get two rewards. Yes, that was just kind of average. Just going to say. The runners-up will get one reward! Much better. Man, you guys need some uh, cheering section. If you were on, what's that show we went on, Carrie? Let's make a deal that you would have four hours worth of cheering practice. It's so much fun. I think Karen would do great because there's a lot of dance breaks in between, and I know you love to dance, so... You could win a new car or a trip to Hawaii or something, too. So maybe you guys should go. Or a boat. I don't know. Uh, okay, so round one, I need a volunteer from the blue team. Raise your hand if you want to volunteer. doesn't have to be a kid. It could be a grown-up. All right, all right. Oh, I got some good volunteers. Uh, can you even, I don't know if you could even reach Katie Bay. Come on up here. 
she's going to try her hardest to reach. This is my friend Katie Bay. I call her that. Her real name's Caitlin Monti. Come on up here, little one. Nice. Nice outfit. Wow, you're so sparkly. You think you can spin that wheel? Okay, good. All right, I need one more helper who needs to be taller than her. That won't be hard, but, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, wow, let's see. I need a boy. Uh, David, come on up here. All right. So we got our, we got our, two, uh, our two kids. All right, you're going to stand by the blue bucket, but don't, don't look inside and tell them there's not $1,000 in it, okay? Don't tell them. All right, you're going to stand right here. When they get the question right, you're going to come and spin it, okay? All right. Okay, question number one. Are you guys ready? Okay, got it. Question number one. Ready? What did Brother Louie, he's the one standing behind the pulpit, okay, with the velvet suit, I think, satin maybe? What did he say the word holy meant? A, set apart for good deeds. B, set apart for God. Or C, set the table. Everybody shout out your answer. B, wait, it's not your turn. Don't give them the answer. Okay, one more time, A, B, or C? B. B. All right, they're right. B, set apart for God, spin it, and let's win it. Spin it. Wow, that was a good first spin. I like that. All right, what color are we going to get? Yellow. Yellow is 450 points for the red team. Let me keep track. All right. Blue team, here's your question. Wait till I'm done before you shout out your answer. Dr. Schniffenhausen used the word that Brother Louie said meant buy it back. What was the word Dr. Schniffenhausen used? A, returned. B, reformed. Or C, redeemed. C. C. All right, Katie Bay, can you spin it for me? Spin it nice and hard. Nice and hard. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I want you to reach as high up as you can, grab the little peg, and let it go. Like that. Next time without any help. All right, good, okay. Triple shots, espresso people over here. All right, question number three, here we go. What are the three parts of the known world, God of the world, when the Israelites were given the promised land from God? What are the three parts? Shout them out. Europe, Asia, Africa, good, they did it. Spin it nice and hard for them. All right, good. 5,000 points, maybe. Uh, blue is 800 points. Maybe they ate breakfast. I don't know. Okay. Question number four. Why did Sunday school lady say Canaan was the chosen location for the promised land? Why was Canaan the chosen promised land? Why? Center of the world. There's more than center of the world. Everybody travels through it. Okay, one more part. Okay, it starts with a B and it rhymes. What? The blessing could go from there. Good. All right, Katie, spin it nice and big. And 
on the tippy toes. Nice. Yeah. Green. All right, to 300 points. Nice. All right, here we go. What reason, what reason did Agnes say? Agnes, big hair. What reason did Agnes say? Oh, I know, but I'm switching because you guys are, you guys. You're going to do number five, and they're doing number six. Yes. So you can start thinking of the answers. Go ahead. All right. Why? What reason did Agnes tell Winifred that Donald Trump's hair was the way it was? Why? Gamma radiation. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Go ahead. Spin it. Gamma radiation. Wow, that was a good spin. Oh, 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 not a zero. Purple. That is 100 points for the red team. All right. Nice cheering. You always cheer unless you get zero and then you go, oh. All right, blue team, what are the three names? Tola. Jaya. Bummer. You got 300 though. That's good. Give our, our lovely volunteers a hand. Nice. Go ahead, sit down. All right, go sit down until round two. All right, you guys are at 1,400 points. Okay. And you guys, let me count. This is my map. Okay. Carry the one. 1,350. All right. You guys are doing good. Okay, let me write your totals down. Mm -hmm. See, if I was smart, I would have done this ahead of time, but I don't work like that. All right, here we go. There's a cycle we're going to talk about really quick. The cycle is like this, and we're going to watch a video that's going to, you're going to, you're going to sing it, actually. Um, but the, the cycle goes like this. They worshiped the false gods, did what was right in their own eyes. Then God takes away his protection. The neighboring kings come in, make life miserable. The Israelites call out to God for help in their sin and forgiveness. God raises up a leader to defeat the enemy. He turns and follows God until the judge dies. Now watch this and it'll explain it better. And now the fabulous Bentley Brothers. The Book of Judges covers about 250 years of Israel's history. When you're at school and your teacher leaves the room for a bit, do the kids behave their very best or not so much? Not so much. And that's the Book of Judges. There's no teacher in the room and the children of Israel get a little mischievous for about 250 years. When the tribes of Israel took over the Promised Land, they didn't finish the job. They infected the tribes of Israel and led them away from God. 
And so began a great cycle. Yeah, but who were the judges? Well, you got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and And so the cycle began. First, the Israelites would forget all about God and start worshiping the fake gods of their neighbors. Then, God would take away his protection and his blessing from Israel, just like he promised back in Deuteronomy. A neighboring king would then come in and take over part of Israel and make their lives miserable. In misery, the children of Israel would call out to God for help, and God would answer. He would raise up a judge, a leader filled with God's spirit and God's power, who would drive out their enemy and free the Israelites once again. The Israelites would celebrate how God had saved them, but then get lazy and go right back to worshiping the fake gods of their neighbors, and the whole thing would start over again. The book of Judges is a miserable book. The children of Israel forget about God over and over again and do some really terrible things. You've got Othniel and Ehud, Shemgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jair and Jephthah, who could forget about old Ibzan, or Elon and Abdon, and the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong. Until he got a haircut. Oh, to be in the cycle of apostasy. It does not sound like something fun to me. Now we're going to play round two. So, Caitlin, come back up here. David, come back up here. Come on. Oh, wow, they're really excited. Look, yes. That's so the price is right run right there. That's what that is. All right. Okay, question number one. Ready? How many years was Israel without a leader? Wait. A, 250 years. What? Ooh. Are they right? Man, I can't believe it. You know, in kids' church, you would get a zero for that because you didn't wait till I was done. So, just saying. You might spin a zero, I'm just saying. But you're right, 250. Go ahead, spin it nice and hard, Katie Bay. Really hard. Good. Green. All right, you got 300. That's good. All right. 200? Oh. All right, sorry. A wrong color. 200. Thanks for being honest. Good job. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm not that nice. All right. According to Sunday School Lady, according to Sunday School Lady, the people living in Canaan did what to the Israelites? Did they inspire them, infect them, or sick insects on them? Inspire, infect, or sick insects? Come on, come on, come on. Okay. All right, infect, that's right, spin the wheel. David is a high spinner. And yo, 
150 points. Smarty pants, I'm not even gonna give you multiple choice. What's the answer? <laughs> okay, Phil called judges a what kind of book? I can't hear you back in the back. What? Miserable. All right, all right, all right, good. Miserable. I'm gonna let I'm gonna help a little bit. I'm gonna put you a little higher so you can spin harder. All right, make it a big spin. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A little bit harder this time. Pretend. Go. There we go. Okay. Oh, it's a good spin. Nice. 800 points. All right. You guys need 5,000. No, not really. Okay. What came before God raising up a leader or a judge in the cycle? What came before it? What came before God bringing the leader? Say it a little bit louder. I think you're right. What? Okay. This whole side, I'm going to give you a demerit after class. You're going to have to pick up trash. Wait, hold on. I got to hear this. Go. So what would the what would the miserable Israelites do? Um, um, remember God and um, and ask for God to come. Ask for God's help to come after the king made them miserable. Give her a hand. That was an awesome explanation. And here's your point. Here we go. Amazing. Oh my goodness. All right. We're oh. 2400 points. Now you guys are at um, why do I have to do so much math? I should have made this something else. Okay, hold on. And 12. 2600 points. That means you win too. Rewards at the end of church. And David, because you're a part of the winning team, you get a really cool prize. It's called Bimboozled. Now, you're going to spin it and you're going to get, uh, well, you could get, I, I should use this one. Okay, this is better. Coconut or baby wipes? Uh, licorice or skunk spray? <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. So make sure you play this with your parents because that would be really fun. All right. And because you have the cutest little runner-up, you, you get this. Don't open it until mom says it's okay. All right. All right. Go back and sit down. Give our volunteers a big hand. <sighs> you guys did really good. I got to say, you guys are really good. All right, so let's do a little bit of grown-up time now. Kids, don't check out on me because this is still inspiring and important for you too, okay? We're just going to use uh, more Bible references, so pull out your Bibles. Our kids bring their Bibles all the time. So you guys want to open to the book of Judges. That's where we're going to start. Go to Judges chapter 1, verse 28. Judges chapter 1, 
28. Now, the first part of the chaos is the compromise. Pretty much this miserable book is full of chaos. How many of you would like 250 years of chaos? I don't think that would be a good idea unless the chaos, unless you were like, what's the, isn't there a chaos? Isn't that one of the characters in a, in a cartoon? Chaos? Isn't that one of his names? Isn't it Bullwinkle? Is it Rocky and Bullwinkle? Who? Get smart. Get smart. Okay, chaos of chaos would love this. And get smart, but nobody else would really like 250 years of that. So let's talk about the compromise. When Israel became strong, the divine directive was abandoned in favor of the man-made solution to the problems. Look at 128. When Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. That's not what God told them to do. God made it pretty obvious to them what they're supposed to do when they got into Canaan. They were supposed to clear the land. First service didn't like this idea. I don't know if you will either. How would you like it if someone comes knocking up on your door and they say, hello, I am from God. He has chosen this house as my house. Please leave now. If you do not leave, my army behind you will forcibly remove you. Is my house now. How many of you would like that? Unless you were the one standing at the door, you wouldn't like it, would you? The Canaanites didn't really like it, but that was God's plan for the Israelites, was to take over the land, to destroy the people living in the land. They needed to be made an example of what God will do when his people deserve or are given, or not deserve even, when they are blessed with the thing that God said he moves the evil out of the way, right? You all remember the Dawn commercial of the dirty, greasy sink, right? And then one drop of Dawn, what happens? The grease scatters, right? This is what God was trying to do for the Israelites in the land of Canaan. He was going to scatter the evil so they could have what was best. But the Israelites were chicken or lazy or I don't know why. They didn't follow what Deuteronomy said. So if you want to switch over there, it's Deuteronomy chapter 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 to 18. This is Moses telling the Israelites what they're supposed to do when they get to the promised land. Deuteronomy 20, 16 to 18. In the cities of the nations, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Do not leave alive anything that breathes pretty clear destroy completely destroy them them being the hittites amorites canaanites perizzites hivites and jebusites as the lord your god has commanded you otherwise otherwise that would be where you would insert doom music here right dun 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 good thanks joe such a helper verse 18 Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. Now, the compromise here is they knew what they were supposed to do. They didn't want to do it. And Judges 14.3 is a Samson example, a judge's example of compromising. He looks at a Philistine woman. He likes the Philistine. 
Philistine woman. His parents say, please, son, let's find someone from within our own family, our own group, our people. He says, ah, go get her for me. She is right in my eyes. He compromised. And we all know Samson paid a price for his compromise. Yes, he was used by God. Yes, he did some amazing things. But didn't he pay a pretty steep penalty for bad choices? Yes. If you don't know the story of Samson, go to Judges. It's towards the end. He's the last one. Remember the song? When have you compromised what you knew was God's command? What you knew was his plan for your life? What you knew was what God wanted for what you wanted. And when you compromised, were you not then captured by that wrong choice? Look at what happened in Judges chapter 10. Go back to Judges chapter 10. I don't know why I brought this little Bible. Now I have to go through. Judges chapter 10, verses 6 through 9. This is in Jephthah's judgeship. Again, I love studying the Israelites because I never feel like I'm the only one. Because it's again a lot. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Baals and the Asherahs, yeah, and the gods of Aram and the gods of Sidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the Ammonites and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook their God and no longer served him, he became angry with them. He sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites. Can you imagine? The Philistines are the first army to use iron in this time period. So they're a big bad army from one direction. And then comes the Ammonites from the other direction. A big bad army. And they oppress from both sides. They squeeze and they take and they capture and they scatter and they crush. Verse 8. That year they scattered and crushed them. For 18 years they oppressed them. And then verse 9, it even says they carried them away. When you're captured, there's a statement, the Bible study that I was looking at said, the statement said, how could people of such spiritual privilege and enlightenment so easily turn from it to the false that seems to be the tendency of the fallen human heart. How many of you have grandparents or great-grandparents who passed on a spiritual heritage for you? They told you great, amazing things that God did in all those years. Yeah. And how many of you have studied, like, Billy Graham's Crusades or, or Crusades uh, um, revivals and all of that stuff, and you know what God has done in this country? Are we there now? Haven't we seen the capture of our country's freedom because we've compromised? Now, this isn't political at all, but I'm telling you, what we see in the nation of Israel, the, the sins of some become paid by everyone. There were good people in these Israelite stories that didn't worship false gods. They had to pay a price too. As the light, we need to infect people with the light. We need to take our light 
and make it so bright beaming helicopters shining down on people bright that the consequences they get are good, not bad. Look, I got my big church shoes on, so I'm going to preach like I'm in big church a little bit. I don't do it very often, so I'm going to do it right now. Romans 12, 2, flip over to the New Testament really fast. When I first became a pastor, it was really scary to preach in front of people or to share a message or whatever. But now I just pretend you're all children and it's easy. (laughs) So if you get too loud, I might tell you to stop. So just warning you. Romans 12, 2. This is what God wants. Do not, pretty obvious, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's the part. This craziness that was going on, I couldn't even think of a Pastor Steve C, three C's thing to do because I got chaos, compromise, capture, and I wanted to go with some really great, and all I could think of was, this is just plain crazy. (laughs) Judges chapter 10, not only does God, okay, God's anger is so stoked, like a fire being stoked. It's so stoked. The, The word that he uses, the word, the Hebrew word for anger, burned, the burned word in Hebrew, translates to through the nostrils, and, and exhale, like, through the nostrils of anger. Have you ever seen someone so angry, it's like they could spit fire through their nose, like you're going to see a fire-breathing dragon right now? Have you ever seen someone that angry? Yeah, I have. When, when me and my sister used to fight when we were kids, I'm not kidding you, some of those times, I'm surprised we lived sometimes. Because we would fight so intensely. It was like you were looking at a dragon or a demon, the two of us, because we were just, we were so angry with each other. God, (laughs) thanks, Wayne. That's my brother. My mom was like, I don't even want to talk about it. But imagine, God is so angry at you, he says, go ahead, serve those false gods. Go on. And it's so angry, fire could spew from his nostrils. Uh, I would rather do Romans 12 too than what happened to those guys. Crushed, scattered, and persecuted. I would much rather have God's mind as my mind. Be renewed in his strength. Learn from him and gain wisdom and operate in good will of God, wouldn't you? Now here's the problem though. Verse 14, go and cry out to your God, he said. From their deep apostasy, you would think the scattering would be the worst one, no. As you go through Judges, each cycle of the wheel of apostasy, it gets worse and worse. more perverted and disgusting and the the persecution is stronger and their crying out is more intense but every single time 
What did God do? He answered when they cried out, even when they should have known better. How many of you know better? I know better, but you could say that. I know better, but I, I see, yeah. Even little kids are like, I know better, but I. Here's a good example for you. You're a little kid, right? Everybody remembers being a little kid. Moms, have you ever been busy? I mean, isn't it just easy being a mom? Like, you're never busy, your kids never bother you, it's perfect all the time. It's so not real, right? You're a kid in a family with a busy mom or a busy dad, and you know better than to provoke them when they have that look on their face. You know better to provoke them when they've already got the table full of stuff and they're going back and forth between the kitchen and they're typing on their paper and they're doing all their stuff and yet you still pull the, Mom, my sister took my Legos or whatever. Or you just throw a fit. None of you ever did that growing up, right? Ever. Never. I'm a perfect child. My mom's like, I definitely wasn't a perfect child. I was always getting in trouble. And it's okay. I needed to get in trouble. Because from trouble, what do you learn? What not to do, right? But most of the time, we already know we shouldn't have done it in the first place, right? There's something in your life you know better than to keep doing that. You know it shouldn't happen anymore. Look, I'm just going to step back a little bit. Because some of you need to understand... God is calling you to break your cycle. There is something in your life you know better than to keep doing, but you keep doing it. Look, I can't explain why Judges was the last video recording that I could easily get for you guys, but I can guarantee you that from these Judges' stories, you should realize that God has a plan of redemption for you. He has a plan of prosperity for you. He has a plan of blessing for you. And when you break the cycle, that stuff just gets released. It's like Entangled. You remember that movie where they're going across the dam that's being built and they start, it starts chipping away and before long it breaks free and the water comes gushing out and the bad guys go floating away. It's like the Dawn commercial when God drops the Holy Spirit bomb into your life and all the junk gets washed away. But here's the thing. You may not be turning away from God in the way that these guys did, serving all of other gods, but there are a lot of gods that we serve and we build idols to and we didn't realize it and before long they take over our life. Or there's the thing that you just can't give up, that you know God has asked you to give up, that you gave up for a while, and now you can't give it up anymore. It is the hardest thing. When God says to you, give this up for me, and you say, not yet. Because I can guarantee you, when God was first telling me that it was time for me to move on and take care of my family and just be there for them and trust him to make the, the money go and trust that it doesn't matter if the economy is bad. And when he first told me it was time to do it, I said, no way. 
people in the office started noticing, I started getting snippier. Don't amen. I started having a more, uh, you know, I'm usually a spaz anyway, but I was even more like all over the place. And I'd get angry faster, which the board saw for like the first time one time recently. And that was because I was supposed to tell you I was going to leave and I didn't want to. And well, uh, I wanted duct tape on my mouth because I knew what God wanted me to do and I had chosen not to do it. And the feeling of God going, go ahead, ignore me. I'll be over here while you walk over there. When you finally realize and you stop looking at your own self-imposed drama for a second and you start realizing you walked away from God, it is terrifying. The last time I did that, I was in junior high and it was a stressful situation, blah, 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 whatever. I could use all kinds of excuses. I walked away from God. Our whole family kind of did for a little while. We're still godly people and no one would have known, but we knew. But man, if you're a pastor and you feel God go, go ahead, let me tell you, we're all God's leaders because we've asked him into our heart and we are living the way he wants us to live. We're doing the best we can. If you feel God take his hands off you, you better turn around and you better run back to him because it's a terrifying feeling to be willfully disobedient from God. I don't know how these Israelites lasted 250 years. Second Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 5 through 11. This is what we need to do. You have a cycle. You want to break it. You're tired of living in the repeat. I just want to be free. Just get me free. I want to be free. This is what I really feel like. I was looking, I went through the fundamental truths, Pastor Jojo. And I was like, sanctification. Yeah, that's what I need. I need some sanctification. So I read all the scriptures, the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. And I'm like, surely there's some good pointers in there. And my concordance left me somewhere else and pointed me somewhere else. And before long, I landed on 2 Peter 1. And God was going, this is the thing. Hello. This is what I'm going to do. And I did it in the message version partly for you, Karen, because I like the message version and so do you. But partly because some of the words don't sound hard and some of the words sound really hard. And I figured you should have some easy and some hard. It's like when your parents give you chicken nuggets and asparagus. What are these? Broccoli is a tree. At least you could put some snow on it with some cheese, but asparagus? Here it is. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character. In other words, don't wait. Start now. Complement your faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder. That's a hard one sometimes. Because you get so wrapped up in your world, you forgot about the wonder of God and how you're supposed to Honor him with it. Warm friendliness and generous love. 
Each dimension fits in, or is fitting into and developing the other. So if you're not in the wonder, reverent wonder of God and you're not friendly and you're not generous in love, you may not get the alert discipline that you need. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience with our master, Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. You're oblivious to your old sinful life that it has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you. His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved on the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. In the judges' day, the main roads that would have been well-worn and easy to travel were run over with weeds and became a pasture land for animals. No one would travel those wide-open roads because they weren't safe. You know why? They were wrapped up in the cycle of sin. They had to take these little footpaths that were covered in brush that were hard to get to. They had to take those roads to get around, if they could get around at all, because they were terrified. They were living in worry and fear. I don't know about you, but I don't like living in worry, fear, or doubt. It's not fun. There are some of us who need medication to help our bodies function correctly so we don't get stuck in those cycles. But even if your hormone levels and your cortisol and your whatever whatevers are fine, we still get stuck in those traps, don't we? We get stuck in worry and fear and loneliness. But God says, I can help you with that. There's a path. But here's the deal. There's something in your life that, honestly, this all comes down to. There's something you need to break that cycle of. You need to demolish that wheel. You need to break it down, throw it on the fire, and burn it up. And God's like, look, I can help you. I'll do the hard work. You do the obeying. And if you're a kid and you're always getting in trouble at school because you can't control your temper, you can control your temper. You have parents who may or may not be supportive of you in every step, and that doesn't matter because there's someone in this church or there's someone in your school or there's someone in your classroom who has tried to help you and you won't let them. Maybe you're the kid who just says, I'm dumb and I can't do it and it's impossible and I'm just going to be a failure. No, you're not. God says, I have a good plan for you. I can transform you. I can take all that stuff away. If you're a grown-up and, you know what, use the term however you want. You could be 14 and be a grown-up. You could be 39 and not be a grown-up like me. I know I told you. All right. No one believed me anyway. That I'm not a grown-up. I always tell people, I'm like, three 18-year-olds? There's a thing that you already know. God's already downloaded it into your brain. You already know what it is. It may be a little thing. Like I told first service, I, I bite the skin on my nails. It's really annoying. And I already know what I need to do to stop it. My dad used to pour all kinds of uh, 
bad chemicals on my fingers to get me to stop. Surprise, I don't, you know, like I don't have four eyes or something. Motor oil, grease, um, all kinds of stuff. He did, I know you don't believe me. My parents, my sister doesn't believe me, but for real, he did it. Sure enough, hmm, that's awful. Blech. I do it all the time. And I know when my pattern, I know when I do it the most. And that's a silly example, but there's something. But I got to tell you, the, the devil's been telling me it's an okay thing to have. It's just your little, you know, it's your, it's your little weight. You just have to carry it. Just deal with it. When it starts to bug you, it's okay. It's just a little thing. It's not going to pull you away from God. It's one of those cycle things you don't want to talk about with people. You and God just want to work it out. You got one of those? I got one of those. I don't want everybody to know. I don't want to cry about it and tell Pastor Steve in public, you know, it's not one of those kind of, you know, really, you know, you just, I don't want to talk about it. It's just there. Bring into the light what was in the darkness and let God set it free. So maybe you don't have to say it out loud in front of 400 people, like, you know, that. Maybe you need to tell one person and you need to say, this is something I'm really struggling with. I want you to pray with me that I will be able to break this cycle. Sometimes accountability, sometimes. All the time, accountability, all the time, accountability will change your life. All the time. If you're trying to do it all by yourself all the time, let me tell you how that works out really bad. Because you start to do dumb things like willfully disobey God. So I know I'm like, I'm so pulling a Pastor Steve right now. We're going long and everything. <laughs> Can't help it. I had to play the game. They're used to it. You're going to get a sugar fix in just a minute. But is it okay? Can I pray? Is that all right? All right. Do me a favor. Close your Bible. You can keep your eyes open or closed. It's not one of those respond and stand up things. It's just, I want you to understand. When... I started reviewing, and this cycle thing was, this wheel thing was coming up. As much as any pastor or any leader who prepares a message, the message speaks to you before you even speak it to someone else. God's been working on me for a couple weeks since Pastor Steve asked me to do this. And ouch! After the repenting, hallelujah, praise the Lord. No! what happened it's ouch because you're tempted to keep going back to the cycle it's gonna be easy i gotta tell you when you first repent it's like the devil goes all right sick him even more than before before it was a manageable temptation and now it's ginormous but guess what if you don't keep fighting if you don't have your lightsaber out you don't have your armor on you don't have the Obi-Wan, and you don't have your Yoda behind you, and you're, you're not working on it with somebody. It's easy. You're in a community, whether you want to believe it or not. There are people around you, and there are people who love you and who want you to be successful. And we're just waiting for the chance to pray with you or to give you an encouragement or to call and check in with you every day. There's people who want to help you break your cycle, and you didn't even know it. God's already been preparing it. 
do it. Lace up your Nikes and go. Do it. Don't be afraid anymore. Make tomorrow harder but better than today. Make three weeks from now miraculously better than today. Just do it. You know what will happen? The light inside of you will get brighter. The people around you will change too. Your circumstances will change. When you obey God, he starts moving the junk out of the way. That's the way God is. That's how much he loves you. So bow your heads with me really quick. God, I said a lot that I didn't really mean to say. It's up to you to apply it to their hearts. God, help one nugget or one seed of truth to be planted today. And God, if this message is for someone's ears that isn't here, I pray, God, that you would, through your Holy Spirit, transform this life. Maybe only one person needs to hear that you're willing to help break that cycle with them. Maybe it's a hundred people. But God, I, I just, more than anything, I want you to do what you can only do. Change lives as we do our best to live like you. And when we fall and when we turn back, God, keep your eyes on us. Thank you for always hearing us, for loving us when we're stuck in the pit of ugly. sin and shame and for pulling us out for covering the pit and making it impossible for us to crawl back into thank you God for doing that God I pray that your Holy Spirit would just infiltrate those deep spaces in hearts today and your love and your light and your healing would change the circumstances as they repent and turn away and break the cycle. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you so much for revealing what needed to be revealed, for bringing to the light what was in the darkness. Bless these people, God, the way only you can, and not because I, I wish it, but because it's what you do. In your precious holy name, amen. What a great, challenging word of departure. Because, see, folks, each of us will have a cycle of compromise that only the help of God and the help of the Holy Spirit can break. So I praise God for that word. Thank you, Pastor Becca. Don't you love Pastor Becca, everybody? to stand. What time are we going to meet tonight? Six o'clock. Bring food and bring, bring a, a note of love and maybe a gift of love for Pastor Becca. That would be, that would be awesome.
Father, thank you for a great day in your house. We ask now that you go before us, lead us, guide us, bless us, Lord, so that we could bless others. And we give you thanks and we give you praise for this as we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this side gets two treats right up over here and in the back, she said, and this side gets one treat. God bless everybody. See you tonight at 6.